Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Tom Prince from WNY Athletics. Mr. Roger Weiss is in studio. Derek Kramer producing. And we are going to be talking girls hockey today, the 10th anniversary of Girls Fed Hockey. Thanks to uh, Bill Pavone for uh, setting this up for us. And uh, we, uh, it, First of all, Roger, it's just amazing that, uh, that it's been going on. Uh, that we've been talking about this for 10 years. It seems like just yesterday I was telling one of our guests before the show, like, wow, 10 years has gone by already. Well, I just want to say I don't get cash for this, so I hope the program's not a flop. I'm telling you right oh, now. Oh, no. Why me? Oh, now God. you guys know why I call him our resident troublemaker. I think you might be right. Even DK is shaking his head, and he usually likes some of my uh, comments, so I, get, I oh. apologize. Tom, how are I'll talk to Tom. Tom <laughs> how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Doing fantastic. Especially uh, after last night, got to see a fabulous game. Went down to Panama. And saw Westfield and Panama go head to head. Wasn't driving to fun last days. night in the uh. fog and the rain <laughs> and every other. Wow! I think it'd have been better if it snowed. I really do. Yeah, it was it was bad, no doubt about it. You could see the warm weather starting to change over last night as we were doing that drive, and hence the all the fog we saw. Yeah, it was pretty foggy. I went uh, watched my friend's bowl last night and. Like wow, this is kind of creepy. I, first of all, I don't like driving at night, especially if it's raining. Uh, I don't have to do with the glare and whatnot. It's you know not my favorite, but did notice that it was uh, like that. All right, guys, we need to get into news and notes and uh, get this show going. Lot to talk about today, and I would like to kick it off for a change. And I'd like to wish my old coach Ron Pugh from Burgard happy birthday, Coach. Hope all He's is well be with up you. There. Yes, he's not that bad. I, mean, I don't want to give closer his age. to me than most I, I, people. He you is wish close to your happy age. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Coach. Uh, miss you. Uh, let's see. I mentioned went and watched uh, my friend's bowl and uh, the Foley's team. It was nice to see John Kinney carrying the team on his back, as I guess he has to do each and every week. Uh, Chuck, Ron, and Joe just not pulling their weight. Thanks, John. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> Also, like, just imagine the text you're about to get. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to, believe me, heads are going to roll with this one. You know, I talked about, um, about uh, you know, 10 years of, of talking girls fed hockey. And another, I uh, saw something online last night. I think it was on Twitter. No, it was on Facebook. And I was like, wow, this really makes me feel old. Sean Watson, who I've known since he was a little kid, uh, he uh, involved with uh, Cayuga Baseball. Got called up to Niagara Wheatfield Varsity Basketball yesterday. He's an eighth grader. Sean's one of those athletes that's just amazing. He can excel at anything uh, he does. And, I, and I've always thought he was super cool because here's this little kid telling me his favorite band is Leonard Skinner. I'm like, wow, this kid's great. Well, 
he gets called up. He's playing. I'm thinking, I've been doing this way too long. And the reason I say that is because when Niagara Falls Wolverines very first game, I broadcast. Raj, I don't know if you were doing uh, color with me on that game, but it was the very first game for Niagara Falls Wolverines against Lancaster and Sean's father was playing in that game as his wow. defensive end for the Wolverines. I'm like, yeah, I, I've been doing this too long. Wow. But, uh, congratulations, Sean. I'm, I'm really happy that... He feels uh, so old, right? He was born my senior year in high school, and he feels old. Well, you, again, you were born the same time as Dirt. No, no Dirt's no, a little no, bit no, older, no. Get, but you're right around there. We're twins, but Dirt was eight minutes older than me. Right, so uh, Raj has been get, around. Get I mean, the, I've told you that more than once. You should have remembered that by now. Roger remembers covering the Gettysburg Address, just you know, just to okay. just to say how long he's been around. Raj, do you have anything for news and notes before I get to G? I have a Fitness? bunch of things which I left my notes home, but I'm just going to say off the top of my head, congratulations to Lydia Sweeney. Yes, one thousand at uh, Grand Island, one thousand points. One of the top <coughs> players in the area. Uh, pleasure to watch her on the basketball court. Congratulations, Lydia. That's outstanding. It really is. Tom, anything from you? Yeah, congratulations to Megan Geis. It's official. Division One going to Canisius to play softball out of Orchard Park. Congratulations to her. Um, again, last night, we saw some great games last night. We saw, got a chance to see Cameron Barmore play for uh, Panama in a great game with Westfield. As Nathan- well as Garrett Hinsdale. Yeah, and hey, listen, Garrett can shoot from the three, I'll tell you <laughs> that, too. And Cameron, not only big on the inside, 6'6 six, six player on the inside, but he can shoot from the outside, shoot from anywhere on the court. He is definitely an all-around player. But Almost also, had the tiebreaker. Well, actually, it would have been a game winner because it would have been a three-pointer from half court yeah. down two with, what, 1.2 seconds? Yeah, 1.9, I think it was. Yeah, but uh, an unbelievable game. It comes down to a two-point game, 60-58 win. Westfield, Nathan Colbreth, Dylan Scriven, and Andrew Baraboo uh, were their, definitely their top players for Westfield. And just what a game to go back and forth. Panama pretty much had the lead the entire game uh, where – uh, the fourth quarter, Westfield finally gets a lead in the fourth quarter and then doesn't relinquish it. But uh, you saw Panama went out to a double-digit lead in the first quarter. And as the game just kept progressing along, you saw Westfield coming back, coming back, coming back, and then finally be able to take that lead in the fourth quarter. See that? You see that momentum just start to change? Well, you well no, saw it's impressive shift. how they weathered the storm in that yeah. first quarter. I mean, Panama came out, I think uh, – at one time, I think they called a timeout with the first quarter almost done, and I said to the guy next to me, you know, if this pace keeps up, the final score is going to be 88 to 36 or something like that because it was, yeah, 22 to 9 at the time. Yeah, and they it was, just, Westfield slowed the game down is what happened. As the game got slower and they put uh, Panama into a half-court set, when the game got slower, that's when Westfield was able to make the move and be able to do the transition. When they did a run-and-gun fast pace, that benefited Panama because they can actually run the ball and pass the ball real well in a full-court press scenario, and that's when they were putting the points up on the board. When you slowed it down and put them into a half-court set, that was when the changes started to happen for Westfield. Yeah, it was, uh, what was it, roughly 60 miles, but it was worth the yeah. trip down Oh, there. yeah, no doubt about it. It was a great to watch, and then I also got a chance to watch uh, Will North and Orchard Park go at it this week also. That was a phenomenal game, Will North being undefeated, a two-point game there 
where Orchard Park comes up big. Uh, just a, an unbelievable game there. Same thing, some uh, pretty much what we've seen for Orchard Park. But you're going to see that that uh, those two teams compete for the Buff Buff State. I want to bring up. Uh, I'm going to do the G&G Fitness uh, Coach of the Week now because then the next thing I bring up is going to send Roger into orbit, and uh, I, I don't know if there'll be anything left of the studio by the time he's done. Uh, congratulations to Hank Hughes, Tonawanda basketball, uh, collecting his 100th when he is our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. If you'd like to nominate a coach, simply go to Live Fit. Dot com. Congratulations to Hank Hughes, Tonawanda Basketball. As many of you know, and, and it, uh, wow, what a debate we have going on the Inside High School Sports Facebook page and in other sites. Uh, Section 6, uh, Ken Stolt announced, uh, I think it was on Monday, that uh, essentially they're going back to realigning, or it's like a realigning thing. They're going to go back to the old way of leagues have to schedule now, uh, so the way football has been for the last some teen years is now changed. So if you're in time, you and I were talking about this. A lot of the reasoning that people are saying is uh, travel. Uh, you're able to cut down on traveling. I told you, he's got that look on his face. I know we're in trouble right now. So what's going to happen is now the uh, city of Buffalo schools, they're going to have to schedule all their, their games because they don't have a league anymore. And I know according to Kyrie Demos's article in the uh, Niagara Gazette, uh, a couple of the ADs were saying that uh, this is great because it will bring, uh, bring back old rivalries um, you know, geographically. All right, Raj, let her rip. Oh, no. What old rivalries? Rivalries. They have rivalry week every year, week seven or eight, depending on whether they have the eight-game schedule or the seven-game schedule. Uh, the Picture, thing I, just did you basic. see the breakdown of the leagues? Right now, are you telling me that Jamestown is going to be in a league with Southwestern, Randolph, and all the ones down there? On that original list that came out, they didn't have them with IC1. They had them with... All those uh, southern tier yeah, small it's geographically. schools that could, so they could go undefeated and not get a home playoff game with the way the powerpoints are. Set just up. like in basketball, it's just it's, it's similar to all the other sports, right? right? That's how baseball. That's how uh, you know basketball. That's how all the other sports are aligned. So they're I aligning with all the other sports. That, but you play what fourteen league games as opposed to what six? Right. Uh, I suppose they're going to do it by average. And yes, Buffalo could have. Uh, I would assume that if that's the case and they can't do anything, they would absorb Maritime into the city school league and do, you know, Burgard, Bennett, Riverside, Hutch Tech, South Park, McKinley. They could have their own league. So what about if you schedule a Monsignor Martin game? Against one of those teams, how does that work? Well, it'd be non-league. It'd be just like basketball. The power points would not come into play. I'll tell you, I I wish the only thing I think we really need to look at is for the city schools, right? Because I I think everyone outside the city schools are happy with the alignment because of travel issues and that it's cut down travel. But the, the biggest complaint, and I get it, right, is coming from the city schools. I'd almost like us to see, can we make some sort of adjustment for the city schools? So in other words, even though Bennett would not be ECIC1 for all of the schools, can we make the uh, the exception and have Bennett be a ECIC1 school for football? 
That's I'm the stuff I'd like, to, uh, like for us that. to look at. Can South Park be considered a ECIC three school for football? Who makes that decision? I don't know. That's if the ECI, thing. So I'm not, not going to lie to you. I don't know that. If ECIC gets to say, yeah, well, uh, you know, which vote on whether their team could come into their division, who's going to welcome a South Park because that's going to uh, make one of the other teams probably miss the playoffs because of that? Well, it, it, there's no doubt miss the playoffs or at the same time is it also, but it could be a great game to play for the playoffs. I don't know oh, the ramifications yet because we haven't seen how the alignments go and how the full points go. I've seen some things come out of it, um, I, and I'm not going to say I fully understand it at this point. So, And they also claim geography at West Seneca East and West Seneca West are on the two separate ECIC divisions. Yes, they are not, at least on that sheet that I had that had the breakdown, including what I told you that Jamestown is listed with, I guess, all the sea southern schools like Southwestern, Allegheny, Limestone. Yeah, they would the move to ECIC ones. 1, I think. And, but then you have Niagara Falls that would move to the NFL League. Right? So then oh, and yeah, same with Lockport. So right. then now you're co- you, two people that play right now inside of Double A are now going to go over to the NFL division. One, because I think Lockport's down to an A from what I'm hearing. Okay, but, but I mean, so just they would to give an Grand example. Island, right. Kenmore West. Exactly. But and in, then West Seneca West. And Luport. So like I say, Niagara Falls would be the other one. They could finish with maybe one loss only and end up on a road off for the first weekend of the playoffs. That's how crazy it is. And a West Seneca West who plays an A could move up to ECIC 1 where they play all their their other games right now in the other divisions. They play ECIC 1. Well, there's a lot of debate, as I said. If you go to the uh, Inside High School Sports Facebook page, you can join in on the discussion. There's plenty of comments and theories there that uh, if you want to get into it, uh, feel free to check it out. All right, that does it for news and notes, and now it's to get time to get on to something uh, that's really cool. Ten years of uh, girls-fed hockey, and first of all, uh, congratulations and big thanks to Bill Pavone for everything that he has done and how hard he has worked to push the sport uh, with you know their Facebook page and and just all the, the pictures he takes and uh, so joining us this morning we have uh, Chelsea Hausberger from the flop we have Kristen uh, Spolecki from Monsignor Martin I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly Kristen and Matt Miller from Kenmore Grand Island uh, good morning welcome to the program guys good morning, morning. thanks for having us doesn't it seem like yesterday this all started? Yeah. So crazy. It just it blows my mind. Now, Chelsea and Kristen played in the first year of uh, now you guys are both assistant coaches, so you've come full circle. Uh first of all, give your thoughts on on the first 10 years of of Girls Fed Hockey. Um the first 10 years have been great so far. Um when it first started, it, we were super excited and I was a senior in high school, so to have that ability to play one year was awesome. And now I see. Did you ever even ever even think that it would happen? Like when you were freshman and sophomore? No, never. People people didn't even know girls played hockey. And Kristen and I always played travel hockey together. And 
it was crazy senior year when they were like, yeah, there's going to be a high school team. And we both looked at each other like, ooh, we get to play each other now because <laughs> that was always fun to like go head to head and practice. But now we actually got to do it in a high school league where we, we were leaders, we were seniors. So that was really neat. That's one of the cool things that, that uh, I remember thinking about was, okay, you got, you know, so many of the girls have played club teams, travel teams, whatever, and now they're split up and, and they're going against each other. And that made it just uh, that much more special. Mm-hmm. Matt, were you from and from day one, uh, the first year? Yeah. So the the I got involved because my sister. Um, I have a sister who's eight years younger than me, and she was a junior the first year it started. And I just walked up to Jeff Orlowski, our head coach, and said, "I coach USA hockey. If you need any help on the bench." So that first year, I was an assistant uh, volunteer coach, and then the um, spot opened up. So I've been the paid coach since. Uh, you know, the, the second year, so nine years going. Now you're also the league statistician. Yeah, I adopted that position f- maybe four or five years ago. And you adapted uh, or you got volunteered <laughs> by drafted. somebody else? <laughs> uh, I've always, I don't know why, I've always kind of liked this stuff. And, um, you know, with Google, the Google Sheets makes it pretty easy to do. So I just play around in there and, you know, have taken the stats to kind of a nerdy level. Kristen, I mean, uh, Chelsea and I were speaking before the show of, you know, how the game has grown. If you look from the first year to now on how the uh, the competition has, has gotten so close, it was, you know, one or two teams the first year, and now everybody's competing. Mm-hmm. We have, um, I think, one game left, and um, the other teams have two or three, and it's going to come right down to the last game to see who's in uh, what spot at the end before playoffs. And you made a good point uh, of, you know, you had you guys as being seniors and you're playing with 7th, 8th graders essentially to bring them along. So you guys were able to skate circles around a lot of them. Yeah, that first year we came out for tryouts and I kind of looked at the ice and I was like, oh my goodness, like there's little 7th grade peanuts and 8th grade peanuts <laughs> out there. And it actually like really made it special because, you know, in, in field hockey and lacrosse and basketball at school, you you kind of just feel like that's a thing. You work with younger kids and hockey was never that way. And um, when they came with the high school hockey, it, we were able to like help these kids develop and see them go up and be seniors and then be the lean- leaders out there. So yeah, I really, I really liked being that person, that role model for those girls, and and watching them take the league the next six. Yeah, because that's not something you did on your travel team. No, never. We were all like seventeen years old, sixteen years old together. It was like sixteen U, fourteen U. So Anthony, one person I want to give a shout to, and we were talking about it uh, before the show and all that. Maggie Giamo, who is a graduate of uh, Orchard Park High School. I believe it was her sophomore year. She played with the boys on the uh, Orchard Park JV team, and I like to think that she was one of the pioneers. Uh, she did play also. Uh, I can't remember where she went to college, but uh, she went to she went to Cor- college with me. She started at RIT Dunk. and okay. she transferred to Cortland. Okay, now so, now that's coming back to me. So but I was I lucky just enough remember to play with her. Year one of the Buffalo Buttes when uh, all the I don't know if you call them current ones, but all the ones that were anticipated to play on the Buttes, half of them had issues with visas and or uh, (laughs) passports, whatever it was and all that, and they had trouble getting girls for some games. And I know Maggie uh, filled in uh, for the Buttes and all that. And I just want to give a shout to her. She's a very special person to me and, uh, like I say, one of the pioneers in my opinion. 
Absolutely. Well, let's take a break, guys, and when we come back, uh, find out who's doing what in uh, Fed Hockey. Who are the teams that are competing for a championship? And we want to get to know some of the top players throughout the league. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Tom Prince from WNY Athletics. Roger Weiss is here. Derek Kramer's producing. We are also joined by Chelsea Hausberger from The Flop, Kristen Spolecki from Monsignor Martin, and Matt Miller from Kenmore Grand Island. Before we get to talking back, uh, continue with uh, Girls Fed Hockey, Tom, you had something that you guys got coming up. Yeah, so the Western York Athletics is going to be at the Northtown Center next Thursday to do an audio broadcast of the game. Play-by-play will be our very own DK Derek Kramer doing play-by-play of that game. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Fed Championships are the 21st to 23rd, all at Northtown. They will be live-streamed on our YouTube page Western New York Athletics will also be doing streams for the sectional playoffs via the NFHS net- network and up at Lake Placid, New York. So that's a we'll whole lot going everything. on, that's for sure. Anthony, any chance Derek could give us one time a top shelf where Mama hides the cookies? I don't know. You could ask DK. Are you up for that one, DK? I mean, I've got my own style. I'm going to bring it. So uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't guarantee certain sayings, but uh, I'll bring the noise. No mayday, mayday, mayday. Just got to go with what's going on there. I don't have a voice left to uh, try to duplicate uh, Rick Generat. There's only one Rick. All right, before we get uh, up, caught up on the teams, people need to know the lingo. And when you're talking girls-fed hockey, you got to know what flop is. You got to know what Kenji is. Guys, get us up to speed. Um, well, flop is Frontier, Lakeshore, Orchard Park. It's three of the high schools combined, and we have girls from every single high school. So we have become flop over the last couple of years. Shouldn't it be flops, plural, so you could have the yes from Lakeshore? We could do that. We can, <laughs> Just we can change into that. Maybe Why are you always inquiring minds? Want to know? I'm sorry. <laughs> can never leave well enough alone. He's got to dig, dig, dig. And Kenji, Kenmore, and Grand Island. Yeah, that one's pretty easy. That one's easy. What are uh, the other ones? Yeah, Cash is Clarence yep. Amherst Sweet Home. Hughes, uh, Hamburg Eden, West Seneca. Lid. Lid, Lancaster, Iroquois, Depew. Then we got Niagara County, Monsignor Martin. Those are pretty easy. 
Yeah, you have to know the lingo, guys, when uh, when we're talking about this. Because I remember we got through a show and somebody said, "Wait a minute!" Somebody sent a message. What's a flop? And what's they're thinking that something happens in basketball where you know you're you're, you're trying to sell a, a foul? Well, no. Last year, I don't know if you guys, you know, you must remember in the playoff game it was Cash playing Hughes, and they were going to call it the Peanut Bowl or the Macadamian Bowl <laughs> yep. because. Cash, Cash shoes. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't Anthony. That was not me. I got that from Francis Beck. So oh, Francis. don't blame me on that one. Why? 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 Yeah, the Macadamian Bowl, right? <laughs> why not? <laughs> They'll figure out some sponsor to get in there. <laughs> if it sells tickets, it works. Who is doing what this year? Uh, overall, I mean. The, the league is it's it's pretty even any night it's a it's a close game but there tends to be like a upper division and a lower division for the most part so Williamsville Lancaster Montini Martin and Flop up at the top are just uh, you know they're they're battling it out and any one of them could finish first place still and then um, you know Lan- uh, the the lid team has been unbelievable this year I think they've only lost one game and it was in overtime uh, they have a new coach this year coach Miller is doing extremely well over there and they have uh, a top line that is unbelievable they have two of the top three scores in the league there any relations to you nope generic okay. name so all right <laughs> just checking uh, but individually I mean Jersey Phillips and Morgan D are playing together and uh, senior Bethany Horvatis is on that line too and they just like they're unstoppable their uh, Jersey is number one in the league in scoring with uh, 30 points and uh, Morgan D is uh, third with 25 points, and they just, you know, they find each other out there, and they're always connecting. They had, they had a game. I think they scored eight goals the other day, and uh, every player on that line, at least one of them, was in on every goal. They're just, they're phenomenal to watch. Is that usually because they, you'll have uh, two girls or three girls that play on the same travel team, so they've been with each other for, you know, numerous years, and they just have that chemistry, and they're able to bring it to the high school team. I think a lot of the times, yes, but in that case, I'm not sure if any of them play together. Maybe D and uh, Horvatus, but um, I know Phillips plays for me with the Regals. Um, but across the league, there's talent like that all over the place. I mean, we were just talking about uh, Lara Beecher on Monsignor Martin. The girl is a sophomore, and she's tearing it up. She's got 22 points in 13 games. Wow. Um, just hard to stop. She had a goal against us that... It was painful. She just won the draw, pushed it right through our center, split the defense, went in on a breakaway, like carrying our players down the ice as they tried to haul her down. She scored the goals. Wow. Tough to watch from an opposing coach. <laughs> yeah, let me put the team on my back. Follow me. I got this. Just out of curiosity, do the Regals have what you would say, quote, a home house? Uh, sort of. Uh, we, we practice at a holiday um, over by the Galleria Mall, but uh, we play in a Canadian league, so I don't know if we've played maybe two or three home games that holiday we play usually at leisureplex up in fort erie so safe to assume you don't play at the roosevelt outdoor rink anymore that's where the eagles originally were based back no. when i was your age don't know that one <laughs> roger's talking about the days when you know you'd strap the 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 skates onto your shoes a little, hey, bit, diff- back, a little bit different Anthony, now roger back then about the only two uh, indoor houses so to speak were memorial auditorium and the old fort erie arena uh, boy, if you ever get a chance to go to the Fort Erie and we're in once, do it. Don't pass up that opportunity. Now, last year was last year was Niagara County's first year. Yeah. How have they developed uh, since last year? They, uh, they're just, they're they're still struggling to find regulation wins, but they've got uh, two overtime wins. They actually beat us again, or they beat us on uh, last week, and the games are really exciting. But they are they're in almost every game. It seems like they're 
they're a threat, and they've got some some young talent that is just doing really really well. So future's bright over there. Um, Coach uh, Coach Greg is doing a great job with the the girls, but um, Natalie O'Brien is one of their their star players, and she's been putting the puck in the net and doing whatever it takes to to help them stay competitive. Overall, league wise, how are the numbers? Are are you guys seeing more and more girls coming out each and every year? I feel like it's up and down. I feel like some years there's a big group of girls, and then other years there's not as many girls. So um, it really just depends on on the class. I think. Um, it's been a little lesser the last couple years, so hopefully the younger girls are going to start playing the fourth, fifth graders. We'll see a good group of girls coming up. Yeah, I think there's a huge wave of middle school girls coming through. Do you guys get out to uh, some of the youth teams and, and talk to the girls, you know, hey, uh, when you're at in high school, come check this out and uh, kind of, you know, get out there and, and recruit? Use the R word. Shane. I know, I love that word. Uh, so I, I have the benefit of every once in a while I work uh, – camps with Mark Zarbo and we get a lot of the players coming through and so I'll just talk to them and be like hey what what school do you go to and talk about the league there with them but uh you know don't go there's not a whole lot of active recruiting from the high school if they come here they come here okay just I was just just uh out of curiosity and you just mentioned camps is that something that's picked up are we seeing more and more camps and clinics uh available to the girls I think in general there um when I started kind of popping in with Zarbo here and there there was just a few girls on the in the program but now there's there's a bunch that are out there so it's really cool to see how many girls especially the younger girls are are there and they're dedicated and they're just as good if not better than a lot of the boys so in a lot of the girl sports that we see in the other ones especially basketball we look at them a lot of the younger ones are coming up we hear about seventh eighth graders ninth graders really being stars out there and you alluded to a tenth grader also that's already a star out there is there any of those real young people that are out there, young girls that are out there that were stars or that are already up-and-comers that you're looking out for to make a big splash? Um, well, coaching on Senior Martin, it's hard because we don't get any of the 7th right. or 8th graders. We kind of have to wait and see where they choose to go to high school. Um, so that's tough for us, but maybe with the public schools. There's definitely a, a lot of young talent. Just speaking from uh, my, our Kenmore team, probably half the team is ninth grade or below. Uh, and we've got a few, um, like Emiliana Casillo has been a, a, an absolute star for us, Maddie Flory. Uh, Tessa Morris was, was playing phenomenal hockey, broke her wrist, and has managed oh. to, she, she got a, a new cast where they molded it with a hockey stick in her hand so she can play. And, uh, <laughs> That's, that's dedication. Awesome. Yeah, she, that's she, was, she broke it like two days later. She's like, I'm getting a new cast so I can keep playing. And she's still figuring out how to control where the puck goes because it's tough with that. Um, yeah, we think you got to move, move your, your wrist. wrist. It's a challenge, but she's figuring it out and is just a competitor. But there's there's tons of young talent out there. Uh, the uh, cash goalie the other day played flop. What did you talk about that performance? I wasn't there. Um, their goalie was was very well, very good. I think she she's an eighth grader, right? Yeah. And we also have an eighth grade goalie, Carrie. Kylie like, Page, by the way, the Amherst goalie. I'm blanking on Carrie's last name. Do you know Carrie's last name? Uh. McCarthy. McCarthy. They're both eighth graders, and they're standing on their head for our teams. We definitely need some leadership in the goalie aspect, and we have Carrie coming up for for flop, and she's she's making a lot of saves and and using 
using what she knows about hockey. And she played with the boys last year on Modified Orchard Park, and she came and she really wanted to play flop last year. And we had two senior goalies, so we said, why don't you develop with the boys for another year? And now she's she's really standing on her head for us this year and helping wow. us get some Yeah, wins. you're not good enough to play on the girls' team. Go play with the play boys. With the boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, goalies are different. They're, they're a breed apart. Are yeah, they hard to develop? Uh, I don't know anything about goalies. I don't know if either of you do. I think that's that's part of it. I think uh, a lot of us never played goalie, so we just kind of rip some shots at them, you know, glove side, blocker side, and just hope for the best. And they do their things outside of, of high school hockey and, like, those clinics you were talking about. They go to a lot of clinics, and if they're passionate and they want it, they, they go get it. Well, I imagine then, he wanting to learn angles and, mm-hmm. and you know how to how to uh, you know come out and things like that, stick handling, how to you know send a puck up up the ice, things like that uh, would be you know pretty important. But they're so much smaller, and that's the same size whether <laughs> you're six foot four or four foot six. You know that seems like be an awful lot of territory they have to cover. Advantage shooters, I would think. Yeah, yeah, they develop different styles. I think you know the quickness as opposed to positioning. Get some softball players so they've got the experience with the glove. <laughs> that's actually, you know, historically throughout the league when teams have been short of goalie, that's what they do is go find is their field first hockey First baseman, goalie, right? A, a Who plays catcher. first base? Call her. Yeah, somebody, somebody <laughs> can just get in front of the ball. You know, stand up on the skates and just snag everything with your glove. Uh, you, de- you definitely have to have a quick uh, wow. glove hand. It's just, it's just ama- uh, you know, amazes me. You know, the talent that some of them have. And some of them goalies are pretty good, too. What's the toughest thing to teach? when you got, you know, as coaches? Um, I think with the league being so much more competitive, it's hard um, once your team gets down, it's it's hard to lift them back up and tell them there's plenty of game left. Um, we kind of take it, um, the players take it upon themselves to for someone to step up and be the leader on the team. Um, you can't really teach that. You can't teach the passion. You can't teach... Uh, but what I mean, do you fo- focus more on, on a system? Do you focus more on fundamentals, technique? Um, well, to be honest, I think we've had four practices all season, so it's it's really hard to uh, to teach these things. We go over our power play, we go over our breakouts, but um, we don't really have much time throughout the season, so it's uh, it's a lot of learning during the games. Not yeah. only that, just the cost of what's to be for ice time and all that other stuff yep. that all these other sports don't have because, you know, it's usually at a home gym or a home field and all there. Right. There aren't that many ice rinks, and uh, every time you go out and practice and play, that's money out of somebody's pocket. As a girls' team out of the high school, the flop team, we've took it upon ourselves to practice at 5.30 a.m. at leisure rinks. So yeah, I was going to say, get, you have to practice pretty early. Yeah, we get the girls out of bed at, you know, 4.30 in the morning, and we're like, get your butts to the rink. we got to practice. And we do a lot of fundamental skating stuff in the beginning, and then we kind of try to work on breakouts and, like, fluently passing the puck. I think a, a big thing with girls hockey is is good, solid passes and not just throwing the puck, especially with the young girls. I think the young girls are still learning and developing, and they're one of their big things is they get it on the boards and they just throw the puck. So the older girls are trying to help them develop. The coaches are trying to help them develop and see, like, hey, pick your head up, take your time. You have time and space, and 
and to use it. So Yeah, you have to learn how to see the ice. That's mm -hmm. the one thing. Know where you are. And as you said, don't just get the puck and dump it yeah. every time. Uh, all right, good stuff so far. Let's get into more about the players and who else is out there. You guys mentioned goalies. I want to hear some of the, the top goalies in the area. We've got to give them their due. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. and w Oh, don't forget, Sabres are on at 1 o'clock, speaking of hockey. Uh, we'll be back with more on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. One last segment. One o'clock. Sabres and Vancouver. Keep it locked here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're talking girls fed hockey. You had a, you brought up an interesting conversation during the break, Tom. Uh, let's continue that. Yeah, so two things. My first question I was asking was four practices. I mean, if any other sport said we only had four practices, coaches would be going crazy. So explain how, you know I mean, I, it's ice time, the reason why you couldn't get in any more practices than that, right? Yeah, it's ice time. Um, and around, it's it's terrible because I think we had two days of tryouts. We had one practice before our first game. And then our next practice was maybe four or five weeks later when we'd already played half of our games of the season. So, yeah, ice time's been a struggle. Now, we it's also – oh, sorry. Uh, it's got to be tough for you guys, too, because you have girls coming from all over the place. Yep. But we also said one of the other reasons for it is travel hockey is going on at the exact same time. So you talked about a couple things off the air. When you play your game, so there isn't conflicts, but you still have to deal with conflicts of those travel teams that are out there, which is even harder to deal with as coaches. So how do you guys deal with that? It's it's tough. Um, usually we, as a league, we've kind of settled on the rules that uh, our guidelines that high school hockey takes place Monday to Thursday. We used to have some Friday games, and it would be tough because, you know, tournaments and league games and whatever else for travel, players are missing, so you're not getting your best teams. But um, the last couple of years, we've done much better. But, you know, right now, as, as the high school league wraps up, so is the, the Lower Lakes League in Canada and a lot of the other leagues that the girls play in. So everything is kind of crunched together, and the girls are, you know, everybody's trying to get their last games in, and it overlaps. So Thursday, we had players all over the league leave early for a travel game, and it, it, it does make it tough. Financially, is there any difference uh, for what it would cost parents to have their daughters play uh, interscholastic hockey as opposed to travel hockey? Travel hockey is very expensive, is but uh, it's very worth it if you're competitive. Um, I feel like travel hockey for a lot of the girls, they're going up into Canada and they're playing those Canadian those big Canadian girls, you know how it is up there. And, well, um, you guys play college, and there's no way yeah. you're basically playing college without uh, playing travel hockey at some point. Right, exactly. Like you need to you need to do both if you want to go and play college hockey. So um, I feel like you kind of have to do both. And high school hockey is a privilege to play for your school, have your have the name of your school on your jersey. So I feel like the girls want to do both, and they kind of have to do both to go to the next level. And I would imagine the colleges, if they want to recruit, if they want to go after somebody, they're going to probably talk to the travel team more than they would to you guys? Uh, here, We've had a couple conversations here or there, but it's usually what I think the, the high school league is really good about is that it gets more press coverage. Like, no one's going to the travel games to with uh, news cameras or anything. And they're not on inside high school sports. <laughs> right, <laughs> of course. That's why they're not getting their name out there. That's it. Uh, but the the high school gets the, the 
the notoriety. So they, they people start to hear the names, and then they go say, okay, do you play for the Regals or the Bisons or Niagara? Okay. And then go check them out there. So um, it's pretty cool. Let's get to know some of the players. I mean, you, all right, you mentioned go- uh, goalies earlier, and we talked about that. Who are some of the top goalies in the league? Um, we've got two really, really good goalies. Uh, one's a sophomore and one's a senior. Um, we've got Grace Harrington, who will be playing her last game um, next week. Uh, she's been incredible. She was a backup who took over basically last year or two years ago when our starter got hurt. And um, since then, she's been our go-to. Um, Sophia Will is our sophomore, and she plays um, on the Bisons, the younger 16U team, and she's also incredible. We could start either one for any game and be happy with their results. Uh, we definitely have to talk about Mia Wendell from Williamsville. She played in the high school league, I don't know exactly what years, but like 7th, 8th, ninth grade or so, but took a few years off. She plays for me for the Regals and is um, just unbelievable. She came back this year as a senior and is, you know, she's up there statistically with, with uh, Sophia Will and Dylan Gorski of Lid. Um, but she's going to, she's committed to play at Yale next year. Um, so D1 Ivy League is pretty good. She's yeah, got size. Th- you think? <laughs> she's, she's technically sound. She's got the size and she's a great kid. She always wants to, to work hard and, and get better. So she's, she's been a star this year. How many of the Monsignor Martin schools actually have girls participating? And I assume Sacred Heart, uh, does Narden have representatives? Yep, Narden's got uh, four or five. St. Mary's? St. Mary's, Lancaster. Mount St. Mary's? Um, I think there's maybe one or two. Okay, Mount Mercy. So you get them from Mercy, so you get them from all over. Yep. Okay. Just want to give the shout to the individual schools. We always say my, uh, Monsignor Martin and never identify any of the schools. Good point, so. Raj. Um, I do want to mention they're not goalies, but they are two girls that have been stars since they were in, in eighth grade, yeah, um, seventh and eighth there. grade. Uh, Mary Cromer and Brooke Becker are two senior leaders this year on our team, and they, you know, they just not only on the ice, but they're just such great leaders in the locker room and and with the younger girls. They just both like take the girls and they tell them, okay, this is what we need to do. Let's keep going. Like Kristen was mentioning earlier, like it's really hard to teach the girls passion and like the will to get back after after being down. And those girls, they take a leadership position and they they make the girls like really work. Um, and Brooke, Brooke is also scheduled to go D1 too, right? Yep, Over Brooke, to Providence, am I correct? You got it, yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, Brooke's just lighting it up. She's got a hard shot and she she shoots the puck all day from the point. She's a defenseman and she's she's top six in scoring. And Mary Cromer, she's a forward. She gets on breaks and she goes down the wing and you don't know what she's going to do with the puck. She does like a little stop move and, and shoots it up high or down low. So those two have really done a lot of work for Flop and we're going we're gonna to miss them next year for sure. I think in general, this this year has got to be the the most talented senior class there's ever been. Uh, there's there's college players all over the place. Jersey Phillips is going to Mercyhurst. Emma Rowland, I think, is RIT. Um, Mary Cromer is going to Mercyhurst as well. Uh, Abby Blair is going to St. Anselm up in New Hampshire in D1. Uh, there's a lot of D, D3 schools. Uh, it's just unbelievable talent all over the place. The cool thing is, 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 I mean, it's momentum. You guys have momentum going on right now as you continue to grow and you know, the popularity and it becomes, hey, that's the thing to do. You're a girl, you want to play hockey, you're going to play for your high school and and, and do well with it. Uh, any talk of expanding? Are there any schools 
And I know we, we mentioned this in the past, and uh, it just seems like every year you hear about more schools that are interested in, you know, or, or an exploratory uh, position right now as to uh, whether they want to go forward with girls hockey. There's there's a lot of schools out there that have hockey players that um, are are pushing. Uh, the city of Buffalo for a little bit had a bit of a push and it didn't materialize. There's girls up in Wilson that you know it'd be logistics as who's they come in with. Um, you know it, it's there's always look uh, looking to add more teams, but well, even if it's, it's a it's, situation where you you can okay we got somebody else that's going to join flop. I mean, of course, it's going to mess with the nickname, but uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying part. is that they could join an existing uh, program. So a school that may have like four or five girls that want to play and they want to represent their school, let's merge with someone and you know the, bring the numbers up. So we we've done that, and it was easy for us since the beginning because there might be you know Kemmer East and Kemmer West were together as just Kenmore, but then Grand Island is right there. But the, the concern is we don't want it to turn into just travel hockey. Like, okay, let's pick up six school districts and put them together. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to limit the – try to cap the number of districts that come together. Um, but across the state, there's a lot of growth. Um, down in Long Island, they are – it looks like they're going to be ready to go next year. The Hudson Valley has been trying the last couple of years. There was a push in Rochester that kind of simmered down, but they have a wave of uh, middle school girls coming through that it looks like that push might might pop back up, and we hope it does. Right now our state tournament is actually only a regional tournament because we have four sections across the state. Mm-hmm. So if we can get up to six sections, it becomes a legitimate full New York State uh, championship. So we, we want to get there. And just the growth of the game in general is always important. Awesome stuff, guys. Well, I want to thank Chelsea Hausberger, Kristen Spolecki, and Matt Miller for your time this morning. A lot of great stuff. And, uh, you know, best of luck uh, to you guys. And I think you guys are doing a great job. And the uh, I like seeing it. the popularity just continue to grow. All right. Uh, Sabres are on at 1 o'clock. We're out of here. Next week, Center Court, I believe, will be in studio. And we're going to get into night. some. He said absolutely he will be here. Awesome. We're going to get into some boys basketball then. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.